Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, I'll bet you can guess what's coming up. It's the day we've all been waiting for. Model 3 is here, and I got to go see it and ride in it. I'll tell you about that, plus my reservation line experience, some of your reservation line experiences, and so much more. Welcome to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 35, fittingly, considering the Model 3 is a $35,000 car. For April 1st, 2016, it is not an April Fool's joke. Coming to you a little bit early, just got so much to talk about, so much, uh, so many stories to share from the last 24, 36 hours or so of my life. Of course, uh, we're talking Model 3 and... Uh, I'll work through my entire last day and a half with you later because it's been it's been quite a ride for me personally, but uh, literally and figuratively actually. But first, I want to just open the show straight up. Let's get right to the point. Let's talk about the car, the Model Three. I got to go to the event. I got to see it up close and personal. I got to ride in it, and I am just extremely grateful. Let me say at the top in case. Uh, uh, just well, really, just to put it out of public record, I am extremely grateful to Tesla for the opportunity, and I really appreciate it. It was great to get down there. I booked my flight. Uh, you know, it was it was well worth the trip and well worth the uh, sort of alter altering of plans that it required. So, uh, I got to say, so I was over to the to the left of the stage a little bit, about about maybe uh, four or five rows of people deep. So I had a decent view of everything, but you know, you're still down there. Uh, you, you actually had a better view of the car, the initial reveal of the car, if you were just watching online. Uh, but then fortunately I got to, you know, go see it outside uh, once the test rides were happening. But I have to say, you know, as Elon, first of all, he started just about on time. Uh, it was looked that there was a throng of people assembled outside the doors you know, they, they started letting people in at about 7, and then it was, I think, around 8.15, 8.20 that they opened the doors to the inside part, where and then people just started flooding in uh, through just one single set of double doors. And, I was, and, you know, they kind of, they had a bunch of security keeping people outside. I'm thinking, oh, well, let's see. I don't know if this thing's going to start on time. But it did pretty much, I think it's, Elon was about five minutes late or so, but uh, so he starts the presentation. And I have to say, you know, as as it was building and building and the first sort of sneak, if you noticed, if you saw the presentation closely, there was footage of an all black alpha prototype mule that was that was uh, on the the big screen behind him at one point quickly. And I was like, oh, I think I think that's it. And and then later in the presentation, I'm sure you noticed when he started talking about safety, about how the car will be. Five stars safety rated in every category, not just the overall category. You know, the, the, the CG graphic on the monitor starts assembling the car. You know, starts literally just like, like, it's, like it's being grown out of, out of an embryo in, in uh, sped up time. But and I'm thinking, okay, there, I see like sort of a short back end. What are we, what are we looking at here? And 
then the car, and I gotta say, then when the, when the reveal video started, I totally, I, I, <laughs> I'm not even sure I should admit this to anyone, but especially strangers, but even, even to all you guys who I think would be the most understanding, but I was almost emotional as it was starting. Cause it, you know, I know this, it's, it's a car and it's a thing that it's just gonna, I'm gonna be spending money on and, but it's just, you know, I've always loved cars and I've been so into Tesla for so long that, and I've been waiting for that moment. You know, I put my reservation down earlier in the day and we'll talk about that, but I've been waiting to see this thing. You know, I knew it, I've known it was my next car for the, like the last seven years, ever since I got into Tesla. So for this, this moment, it's finally, you know, the teaser video is showing these like up close shots of a red prototype, these little you know, fender here, a wheel there. Uh, and I'm, I, I was like, not choked up, but almost, right? Like I could kind of feel the lump in my throat a little bit. But, uh, and then when the cars came out, it, yeah, it was just like, it just felt, it was almost like this catharsis. It just felt so good to see it. And I have to say, I was not disappointed at all. I really truly like it. And that's not just me. I'm not saying that because I've convinced myself that this was going to, that this is going to be my next car for the last seven years. Uh, because I think I've said on the podcast, if, if it, if it were really hideous, I would just save for the next couple of years and buy a CPO model S that has autopilot functionality on it. But I don't hate it at all. I think it's, it's, Definitely a mix of the S and X. There are some X elements to the design language. But mostly, I think, uh, maybe you disagree, but to me, it is mostly, by and large, a smaller Model S. There is an absolute strong resemblance to the S. And I am completely, 100% okay with that. You know, it's got, I very much expected a Model X-like front end that would have no nose cone of any sort. And now the, the, the rear of the car is in particular very Model S-like. The back of the car is, is so Model S-like, and I'm, again, totally fine with that. Now, let me tell you about my ride, because that's, we can get to everything else later, but you probably want to hear something that you maybe haven't necessarily read on a million other websites. So I rode in the silver car. You know, on stage they had three cars. They had the... Uh, gunmetal matte finish car with those arrow wheels, and then there was the silver car in the middle, and then the red one, uh, which by the, which I, I'll let you know is uh, that is that is a just a apparently a rolling mule. It's because uh, you could I could see I went over to take pictures of it later after the crowd had cleared out and everybody was out doing test rides, and uh, the the stage is prob was probably. I would say four feet high off, off the ground, something like that. And so I could, you could just kind of see a little bit under the cars. And it was very clear that this car did not have a battery pack in it and probably no other real guts. It looks like it did have an interior, but I think it was just a rolling mule and not actually a working car. You notice that it didn't move the whole night. So uh, anyway, so uh, I rode in the silver car and uh, my driver was... Tesla VP of Vehicle Programs, Doug Field, who had come over from Apple a, a few years ago. And now he mentioned it, he mentioned the same thing Elon mentioned, that apparently the front passengers 
sit a bit more forward but have more leg room because I guess they're maybe using some frunk cell space since there's there's no you know there's no firewall since there's no engine to keep <laughs> to, to shield you from being in flames but I didn't get to sit in the front I was I was in the in the rear the rear uh, seat on the passenger uh, pardon me on the driver's side and uh, of course the car if you as you probably have seen has has a center console but no instrument cluster. Now, for me, that's going to take me time to get used to. That's, as somebody who loves to drive and somebody who's looked at my instrument cluster all the time, even when I've driven, you know, I've spent decent time in Model S between my cousin's car or reviewing it uh, for IGN. And even still, I, I look at the, the instrument cluster a lot so that's the, the one thing about the three so far that's super weirding me out, is not having anything in front of the driver. That is just like, that's going to take me a lot of reprogramming. Like, I know a lot of people, it's taken them, they've had to reprogram themselves with regards to the Model X nose. Uh, and whereas I kind of, I was sort of indifferent on it, and now I actually super love it. It For me, <laughs> this my, that was my initial reaction with the lack of any instrument cluster in front of the driver on Model 3. That's, it's weirding me out, and it's going to take me time to get used to. So the car, of course, in lieu of an instrument cluster, it does have a center touchscreen. And I correctly predicted on this podcast, I don't remember which episode it was, that it would have a 15-inch touchscreen. That was my prediction based on the fact that it was a 20% smaller car by overall volume. I didn't think they would cram the same giant 17-incher in there when the car's not as wide. And it is a 15-inch touchscreen. But what I did not predict, what I utterly failed to predict, and would have probably never even considered, was that the 15-inch touchscreen would be in landscape mode. Landscape mode. It, it makes it look enormous from, from inside the car, even from outside the car. It makes it look enormous, even though it's smaller than the SNX's 17-inch portrait mode screen. So it made me think that uh, I've got to figure that if, if an S and or X refresh come between now and 2017, and you got to, of course, the S would seemingly be due up first since it's been out longer, and then, uh, but I got to think, I, I mean, it seems to, to stand, uh, seems to reason to me that that the S and X are going to get this same touchscreen as well, possibly in a 17-inch landscape uh, version, because, you know, the UI is completely different. If you've seen any of the videos, um, I'm in one of them, by the way. It's the, uh, who is it? It's uh, Autoblog Greens uh, video. I, I'm in there. I have my own. I did record it. But the video is so not good. I, it's just like my, I did a bad job shooting it and it was just on an iPhone that I don't think I'm going to post it. But anyway, um, you can hear me. At, in fact, you're going to hear me. I did record it. So I'll have some audio from that of me asking questions of Doug. But we'll hear that, that in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, I got to figure that the S and X, whenever they get a design refresh, are going to get this a landscape screen, right? Because... Wouldn't, wouldn't, if you're Tesla, wouldn't you want to unify the UI in all the cars, not only for just a, a 
UI language, a Tesla UI language that's applicable if, you know, no matter which Tesla you hop into, but just for development's sake, like, do, are they really going to want to have what is what would effectively be a second UI team to work, you know, a, a separate team for SNX and then a separate team for, for three? So I got to figure that that's something we can look forward to in the SNX refreshes whenever those occur. Anyway, as far as how the car drove, it definitely felt like a Tesla from the back seat. Having I've spent enough time in them, even though I don't own one, to I think feel pretty qualified to say that it felt quick but not insane. Now uh, Doug did confirm that it's a dual. There was a we were riding in a dual motor prototype, but he wouldn't comment on performance. In fact, here he is saying that now. Are these? Uh... What sort of spec motor are these equipped with? This particular one? Yeah. This is a dual motor car um, and a little bit higher performance than six seconds, zero to 60, as you can probably tell. So dual motor non-performance uh, prototype? Would that be fair to say? Um, we... Or we're not saying. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> Gotta ask. Uh, yes, that's okay. So what else can I tell you? I, I will say, uh, I could hear motor whine. I could, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not, saying that as any sort of criticism or anything. I mean, this is a prototype, but uh, I'll just offer it as, as an observation. I could hear it. Now, uh, to get back to the, the thing I asked Doug about, about the motors, I thought about this more later, and it does make sense to me that the prototype wouldn't be a performance model as, you know, Elon spent the whole presentation, and in fact, the whole point of the car is, is about, you know, what you can get for 35000 They made a point, you know, you're going to get autopilot safety features included in that base price of the car. You're going to get supercharging uh, for life included in that base price of the car, or presumably for life. They didn't specifically say for life, but they said supercharging is included. So, you know, they, they were very uh, specific to talk about what you get for 35000 So it does make sense that whisking media guys like me and, and the Tesla owners that won the ticket lottery and were there, whisking those people around in a variant that costs potentially twice as much as $35,000 would not only be misleading, but would, but would set people up for disappointment later when the production version rolls along. So I, I, I'm reasonably confident that the version that I rode in was a dual motor car but not a performance car. So, uh, and it felt good. Like when he, he did hit it, like not from a stop, but he sort of punched it at one point just briefly. And it, you know, it felt good, but I will say it definitely, it didn't feel insane. Like it didn't feel like a Tesla performance vehicle to me based on my time in P85 and in P85D. So take that as you will. We'll see what happens. Other observations I can give you. I noted I was I was trying to see how big the wheels were on the car. Uh, Twenty inch wheels. I kind of figured that it would it would be seventeen standard, nineteen on a on a you know wheel package. And I'm uh, I'm still I still predict that the base model is going to have even though all three cars were shown with higher profile uh, tires and wheel package. I'm guessing that there's going to be a seventeen inch. Uh, standard, and that the the wheels that we saw tonight uh, tonight <laughs> the, the, during the reveal night last night are going to be options. But 
Uh, we'll see there, but there were, they were, they were 20 inch. I was able to see on the tire, 20 inch tires. And there were three wheel styles, if you noticed. There was the aero wheel, the sort of a sport aero wheel on that gunmetal matte finish car, the one on the, the, the left, if you're watching, uh, from uh, the left of the, to the left side of the stage. Then there was the sort of turbine-like dark gray on that red car, on, on the, the rolling mule car that I talked about a minute ago on the right side of the stage. And then in the center of the stage, and then the, the car that I rode in, the silver car, had what are my favorite of the three wheels so far. They're sort of turbine-ish. They were silver. They were kind of turbine-ish, but they, 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 everything kind of met at this carbon fiber hub in the middle of the wheel. And I really like the look of it, and I'd love to see that in a dark gray or a black. So, uh, of course, the Model X prototype ended up having wheels that did not ship on the car. So, of course, the wheel thing can change. And I'm sure they just wanted to show some potential variety. But um, it'll be interesting to see what wheels they have. But the, uh, the three they showed, I, I like that, that one on the silver car the best. The door handles. I saw uh, some thread discussion about this on the Tesla Motors Club forums. They are sort of that Aston Martin style where they, you push in, so the, the, you'll notice there were two styles. People did catch on to this. I certainly did too. The gunmetal matte car had Model S style handles in the sense that they didn't uh, auto present, but you, but they were flush with the car and they were shaped the same. You push them in. But so, but those, I actually overheard a Tesla person say what these were all about. So I will, uh, I actually don't know who this was, but this was a Tesla person. This is me standing, waiting to get my test ride. And this, you're hearing here, a Tesla representative. Okay, so there are different handles then. There are, so it's actually the ones that are planned for production are the one on your car. The ones that like lean out, that's got the S handle, that's what confuses exactly. it. They're actually a okay. little different, so this is just an earlier prototype. Oh, okay. So this is an engineering prototype, okay. which you've seen. But neither, that one will not be on the production list. This one will be. So, just to be clear, all of these are prototypes. I know, I know. But represent production intent. This one is that's closer. closer to production intent. I hear you, I hear you, okay. Yep. So that makes total sense that that would be just an, an what they started from and then worked off from there. So yeah, the the sort of I don't even know what shape you would describe those. Almost a little <laughs> kind of like a backwards, slightly like a backwards Nike swoosh logo a little bit. Those door handles, yeah, yeah. So you you push in, you push your thumb, you know, or hand and f- fingers into the the fatter part there, and then the the uh, it pivots on at the center and the you know that pushes in and the other side comes out and that's what unlocks you know unlatches the door. I, I'll be curious to see if they end up offering as a as obviously an option a sort of Model X style auto presenting door of any kind. I would I would love that. That would be great. So we'll we'll see. I don't know. I, I eh, you know anything's possible. Uh, certainly as an option. Now. Uh, the overhead glass in the car. Wow, that was really cool. I mean, it's not dissimilar from the Model S, and you know, if you get a panoramic glass roof on your S, but just the uh, the fact that first of all, it wasn't tinted. I think so. You could just, which I'm sure was on purpose to show it off. You could see. I mean, 
you had just glass panorama, you know, p- big piece of glass in the the front compartment, the front part of the passenger compartment, and then the the rear compartment. From there was just uh, after the break was just one huge piece going back over the from the over the passenger the rear passengers' heads all the way back down to the the uh, you know the rear the rear windshield all the way back. It looked incredible. I love that. It was kind of almost like the opposite of Model X, where you know the X has of course the huge big sky windshield in the front, sloping all to the way all the way to the Falcon Wing doors, and then you get to Falcon Wing doors and then the the rear hatch. But you know, this was almost like the opposite, where <laughs> you got those big huge sloping piece of glass in the back of the car. So I asked Doug about panoramic roof options for Model 3 and got even a little more uh, answer out of him than I was even looking for. Will that front piece of uh, panoramic glass be uh, openable or be retractable or? Up here? Yeah. Yes, we'll have both um, available both as fixed glass or as a metal roof or as a uh, panoramic Excellent. sunroof type roof. So I saw all wheel drive in the in the deck, but yeah. is it rear wheel drive when it's two wheel drive or front wheel drive? Rear wheel drive. Yeah. Wheel drive. What else can I tell you? So. Let's just go over some stats. You probably heard these if you have either read anything, but anyway, we'll just real quick. Autopilot hardware will be standard on all, are all cars, but not activated, just the exact same way it is now with Model S. The autopilot safety features, however, presumably meaning stuff like auto emergency braking, will be standard. The standard model will have at least a 215-mile EPA rating. I still think that the big battery is going to be a 300-mile bad boy, but we'll see. Um, I'm sure it'll at least be comparable to you know, the 270-ish range that the, the larger S battery is now. Under 6 seconds on the 0-60 to 60 time for that base model. So you assume 5.9, although Tesla, of course, is more performance-oriented than most, so maybe they'll su- pleasantly surprise us on that. But under 6 seconds for every single version of the car. And what else can I tell you? I ran, uh, on my way out of the event, I ran into, I was behind, they were handing out, uh, they had a little handout at the end. It was, it's a, uh, this cool print of, it's a, it's sort of a, a compilation of uh, Franz von Holzhausen's sketches of Model 3. And so I was behind another gentleman, waiting, you know, he was there, he stopped to get his handout at the, at the, at the exit. And it turns out he's talking to the Tesla guy. He, it was Franz's father, which was also... And then the guy was like the Tesla employee handing him the sketches. Said, oh, I, I work with your son. I'm on his team. And so after that, I said, I love both of you. Both of you are great. for You for being Franz's father and you for being on the design team and designing this car. So that was really cool. Um, I believe I, I believe that one of the designers' names was Sam. I, I, I hope I'm getting that right. I told him about the podcast. Maybe he'll listen. Who knows? But um, yeah, it was really cool. So after once it was my turn, it was uh, there were the two gentlemen from the from Franz's design team, and I really really appreciated getting to tell him to his face how much I love the three. And uh, the other thing I said to him was. I said, hey, congratulations on this not leaking. Like, literally everything leaks these days, whether it's iPhones or game consoles, whatever it is, everything leaks. And somehow, 
this thing did not, this Model 3, images of it did not leak ahead of time. And he was like, he expressed, he, he kind of laughed about that. Like, yeah, he was kind of, I think he's, he might have been a little surprised too. But it was cool to be able to talk very briefly to a couple folks on the design team. And then I did run into a friend of the podcast. And if you are a frequenter of the Tesla Motor Club, Motor Club forums, you may be familiar with Dave T. I mention him every week. He does the Tesla Weekly Newsletter. He and I sat down. We, we found each other. And so I said, hey, Dave, can I talk to you about your reactions to the car? So we found a quiet little spot and talked. So here are Dave's reactions to Model 3. And then we've got plenty more stuff to get to. So uh, let's talk to Dave. All right. The event has ended. I am hanging out with Dave T. You know him from Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter, which you should definitely subscribe to at Tesla Weekly. Dot com. Dave, what did you think of the car? Was it was it what you hoped it would be? Any disappointments? Things you're super excited about? Um, yeah, I think Tesla um, nailed the design of the car. Um, actually, I think it's much better in person. Um, just looking at it, it, it's it's like a Model S, but I actually think it has better proportions than the Model S. Um, yeah, the it just it just looks like a sporty car. It reminds me of the Subaru um, BRZ a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely impressed. And doing the test ride was helpful too because I was able to see um, super good performance, good handling. It reminds me a lot about like the Model S. Um, I think, yeah, there's really no reason why not to get this car. And I think um, Tesla just nailed almost everything tonight. Yeah, what did, uh, how about that that? overhead glass particularly if, when you're because you were you sat in the back seat too right yeah i mean i think actually it's a much better experience than the model s because it the whole top of the car is glass except for two like thin bars yeah cross members right yeah but for the whole back seat and all the trunk is one piece of glass and yeah it, it's quite amazing so we're both happy and we saw the reservation numbers going through the roof uh so are you gonna? What do you think? You're gonna you're gonna swap out your Model S, and you're gonna can't you're gonna stick with that X? What what are we doing? What's what's Dave T yeah. doing? I don't know personally. Um, I I just I just need to get a Model Three just because I I think it's probably the most important car over the next ten years. So I I, I get the cars more t- as a learning experience. So if I think it's a good learning experience, I'll get it. And um, yeah, the S is, has been great. Um, the X um, I don't know um. We'll see. My wife uh, kind of likes we have a baby, um, but I'm kind of, I don't need a 90. I, I just need a 70 to get around town. Um, but who knows? I might just wait for a three instead. All right. Well, you and me both waiting for the three. Super impressed. Dave T., great to finally meet you in person. This is awesome. Definitely. Yeah. I listen to your uh, podcast almost every week and I uh, highlight it in my weekly newsletter because I think it's a great service to people. I appreciate it. I read your, your weekly Tesla newsletter every week. Uh, Dave T., teslaweekly.com. It was great to finally meet Dave in person. Absolute great guy. Uh, again, love. I so appreciate Dave's support of the podcast. So let me take a quick little musical break here. And then I will tell you about my adventure leading up to the Model 3 event, including a few interviews with my fellow Palo Alto line goers and what the heck I was doing in Palo Alto in the first place, your phone calls, and then I'm going to end the show with the entire with my recorded audio from the crowd of uh, Elon's entire presentation, if you're interested in that. If not, you can just stop the show when we get to that point. So be right back after this.
So, I have had quite a 24-hour stretch or so. Uh, as I talked about, I think last week or the week before, uh, when I, I was vacationing in Hawaii with a, with a group of family, and so I thought, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go oh, just island hop over to Honolulu. I was in Maui. And by the way, I heard from several of the Hawaiian Tesla owners who were very kind. They were offering me rides to the airport and, uh, you know, a lot of hospitality. Uh, thank you guys so much. That was very kind of you to reach out. So I was going to just island hop, reserve at the store in Honolulu, and then go back to Maui and resume my vacation for the last couple days with my family. But when I got my invite to the event, I, I had to do it. I talked it over with my family, got their blessing. They were, they were all very supportive and said, no, you got to go do this. And I certainly wanted to go do it. So I flew home on the 30th. And, you know, when you're coming east, you lose the three hours. You lose time. So I've, I, was, uh, I got home. And I'm kind of still on Hawaiian time. So it's a little early. It's a little early and I'm trying to go to sleep because I'm thinking my plan was let me... Let me go. I'm not. I'm not going to camp out all night because I don't have a, a buddy to go with. I don't have a friend to do this with, so I don't have anybody to like hold my place in line. And where am I going to pee? And <laughs> honestly, like the where am I going to pee thing was kind of my biggest. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? So I thought, well, okay, I'll. I'd plan to go to the Burling Game Store because that's the closest one to me. You know, no brainer there. And so, okay, I'm gonna. My plan was to uh, go at two, to wake up at 2.30 in the morning. I was going to try and get to sleep as early as I could, get a few hours of sleep, wake up, drive there, and I figure the only people that could beat me at that point would be the full all-night campers. Like, if I got there at 3, that would be before anybody maybe trickles in at 5, 6, 7 a.m. So, uh, I'm, I'm home from my trip from Hawaii, and I'm reading the Tesla Motors Club forums, and uh, some lovely and intrepid people had, had made a spreadsheet, a, sort of a community spreadsheet of where everybody's lining up, what time they, they're getting there, and how many people are in line. Like, people were updating from the lines with, on the spreadsheet. And I'm looking at this at, like, 10 o'clock at, at night, uh, back in California, Pacific time, and I'm seeing that there are 12 people already confirmed in Burlingame. So I'm like, uh-oh, <laughs> that's, that's more than I'd hoped for. I was hoping to be like, you know, maybe if not the, if not the first person, you know, maybe the first, one of the first couple people in line. So I'm trying to go to sleep. I go upstairs, I lay down and I'm like thinking, okay, let me just try it. I got my alarm set. just want to try and do this. And the more, I, and now the, all the while on the same spreadsheet, the Palo Alto location, which is, you know, farther, but not a super huge distance away from me, had only showed one person there, like one, one person who'd clearly staked out and they were going to do it. And it was, it, had sa- it said it had been updated at like 10 PM. So I'm thinking, okay, if there's, I, I can't, I don't, I, I can't know for sure if this spreadsheet is accurate, but there's definitely t- at least 12 people in line in Burlingame and I've got a chance to be much further up in the line in Palo Alto. Um, so I'm laying in bed and and I'm it's I'm still on Hawaiian time. I'm I'm super just amped up for this. 
And so I just couldn't, I couldn't get to sleep. I mean, I could have kept trying, but I, I, odds are I probably would have just laid there uh, trying to fall asleep till 2.30. So at about midnight, I just hopped out of bed after laying there for maybe 20, 30 minutes. I'd already had my stuff packed, a sleeping bag, a chair, like I had, I had everything ready to go. And I said, okay, I'm going to go for Palo Alto. I'm going for it. So I rode down to Palo Alto and I thought, well, all right, I guess I'm going to just do, go to Palo Alto unless it's crazy awful there. Then I'll go back to Burlingame and see if I can maybe be, you know, the 13th, 14th, 15th person in line. I get to Palo Alto. There's about there were, they actually had a, it was, uh, there were already a line of people, a couple of tents, and they had an informal sign-up sheet to, you know, try and sort of, a, you know, gentlemen's agreement, ge- ladies and gentlemen agreement to, you know, if people have to go to their car to get something or whatever it is. And there were about 14 people in line there already. So I thought, Okay, well, this is decent. You know, I'd hoped to be the first or second person in line somewhere, but all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw down my anchor here, and I signed in on the sheet. Talked to there was a very nice woman named Jennifer who was the second person in line. Then the number one person in line was a guy who was sleeping, because this was I got there about 12:30 a.m. and so talked to a few people. Really, everybody was great. Just uh, was just just a a treat, and then. Uh, I, I try, so then I'm, I'm thinking, all right, I got to try and sleep. And it was weird. Everybody, everybody in line just sort of, uh, on their own, just very organically, everybody just got quiet at about one o'clock. Like, you know, everybody then decided <laughs> to try and sleep. And I got, I got about two and a half hours of sleep in my sleeping bag. I was sleeping on a bed of, uh, landscaping outside of the Palo Alto store. Thankfully, I wasn't on the sidewalk because the I was like the last, and then it because I was sort of the last spot before it hooked around the line, hooked around onto the sidewalk. But uh, I so by the way, hello to any if I I told a few of the Palo Alto folks about the podcast, just mentioned you know, oh yeah, I do this podcast. So if any of you are listening, hi guys, it was, it was fun to hang out with you. And in fact, I chatted with a few people once everybody was awake. So uh, first up. Let's meet Porter. You know, I, I thought it was just fun to get to know everybody in line. So uh, let's meet Porter. All right, I am here with Porter Goltz. Porter, we have become line friends. It is good to meet you. You are you're already a Tesla owner. You've got your jacket. You've got your scarf from your uh, presumably when you took delivery of the car. Uh, how long have you had your S? We picked it up uh, New Year's Eve, two thousand fourteen. It's a good way to kick off a, a new year. Oh, so a great way. Uh, you actually, you have, your wife is here with you supporting you in line. You, uh, that's awesome. It's uh, better than awesome. Uh, if it weren't for my wife, I'd not be a Tesla owner. Uh, it was her insistence. Yeah, you were telling me you've, you've, you're a car guy like I think a lot of people in this line. You've had a lot of stuff. What, uh, how has Tesla changed your perception of yourself as a car guy what you know you changed what what matters to you well i'll tell you what matters to me it it had been um combustion engines i like working on engines and i like the smell and i like the sound but the performance that we get with the model s is so far superior to anything that i have that it is uh, it's remarkable it changes the way you think about what a car should do and how it goes about doing it 
Um, it has a much uh, smoother feel, much more powerful. It is uh, finesse is the word that comes to mind. The finesse of this car is remarkable. So, uh, who's you and your wife? Uh, I, I take it share Model S time. Who have you decided who's getting the S? Who's getting the three? Well, I think she's going to stay with luxury, and I'm assuming the Model Three will be less luxurious. So, I'll be driving the Model Three. And what do you? Uh, since again, we're we're here in the morning. We don't we do haven't even seen the car yet. What are you hoping to see from Elon? What do you hope Elon shows tonight? Well, obviously, range is important. Uh, performance. As long as it uh, matches the Model S performance, I'll be happy. Espresso maker would be nice. And uh, a car that changes color in accordance with our mood, that would be uh, of interest to my wife. Did, didn't Ford try that in the 90s, that chrome illusion paint? Remember that? Exactly, but, exactly. You all right. How good that was. <laughs> good stuff. All right, talk to me. What's your name? I'm Kyle. Kyle, uh, did you also get here around 3.30 or in a similar spot in the line? Yeah, yeah, just a couple minutes after 3.30. So, same question, like, how long have you had the Model 3 on your radar? Uh, probably been seriously uh, thinking about buying for a few months. So, uh, what made you decide to come spend half the night lined up rather than just wait for, wait for the online orders to kick in? Uh, well, I have to make sure my car is going to last long enough, and uh, it's on its last legs, so it'll be close. That is that is a very good reason. What are you hoping to see from the car when it's unveiled tonight? Uh, can't wait to see the design overall. Um, also looking forward to seeing the options and the pricing, but I think we're going to have to wait a while for that. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. All right, I'm making more friends in the Model 3 line. Who am I with now? My name's Shannon. Shannon, you're here with boyfriend, husband. Boyfriend. So are we both reserving Model 3s or what? Yes, we are. That is that is a dedicated family. I like that. So uh, you guys were like number 8, 9, 10 or so in line, right? Yeah, I think we started at 8 and 9, and I think we're, we've jumped up. So we're about 7 and 8, I think, now. What time did you get here last night? I believe I got here around 8.30. Any regrets? No, not at all. What do you think, uh, so as we line up here, we haven't, no, we haven't seen the car yet. By the time this podcast airs, we'll know what, at least what it looks like. We'll know a little bit. But what are you hoping Elon shows tonight? What are you hoping for? Honestly, the S is my dream car. Um, it's just a little out of my price range, so I really hope that it isn't far off from that. Um, obviously, I've heard speculation that it'll be like something we've never seen. Um, but I don't really know. I don't know what it'll look like. And to be honest, um, James, my boyfriend, asked me yesterday if if it's not what I'm hoping for, am I going to retract my reservation? And I said, no, not at all. Um, I I honestly don't care. I just I'm so fascinated by like what the car can do and um, just all of the features and the fact that it can you know it's going to upgrade over time as we go. It'll always be an innovative car that just excites me in itself. So, how long have you had your eye on Tesla as a company? Um, well, I live in Palo Alto, so every 10th car in my neighborhood is a Tesla. So um, I have always been really intrigued, especially like with the S. I've, it's always been my dream car. Um, but James has been into Tesla for way before that. He was a, a stockholder for a long time. and um, But I've, within the past year and a half, I've really had my eye on it. And then knowing now that I can actually afford one is just so exciting. 
Nice. All right, last question. So what do you think? The, Elon's already said we're, they're going to ship, the, they're going to build the highest option cars first and move on down. Do you have any idea what sort of what ballpark you want to try and order out of? Well, originally I was okay with the most base model just because I'll just be happy to, to have a car that can do what it does. Yeah. But um, knowing that if I choose some additional upgrades, I have the... I have a stronger hold on getting mine quicker and then hopefully, you know, not only putting it to use quicker, but also maybe paying myself back with some of these tax incentives. Um, it kind of entices me to maybe just splurge a little bit. And if I don't even get the tax credits, um, I get a better car that's going to, I know I'm going to have this car for hopefully 10 years, maybe pass it down to to our first kid to start driving on. So um, I think I'll, I think I'll put it in a little extra to splurge. Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you. So, uh, Porter, Kyle, Shannon, great meeting you guys, uh, and, and a bunch of other folks in line, too. And I will say, so by the time that I, the line really, uh, I got there at a decent time. A few other people got there short, very shortly after I did, but then it kind of stopped for a couple hours. So my thinking wasn't that off in that if I'd gotten there at three, I would have done all right, but... Um, it, it did. Then it's around, I would say, five is when it started to get, the line started to get long. And it just got longer and longer. And by the time the, the, 10 a, the, the clock was about to strike 10 a.m. and the, the reservations were about to start, the line, I know this is meaningless to people, but the line was down the street and around the block. In, in short, it was probably just a guess here, but it was probably between two and 250 people. Cause at one point when it was like 50 people, somebody actually counted. And plus there was the sign in sheet for, you know, the sign in sheet eventually didn't, it stopped getting used, but it was more for just the, uh, again, the sort of packed between those <laughs> initial campers. And, uh, yeah, I think, I, I think it's fair to say it was around 200, 200 plus, by the time the uh, the doors opened up, and that's nothing compared to, uh, the, and that's you know because in California and in the Bay Area specifically, there were I mean there are two Tesla stores in Palo Alto alone. Um, there's another the other one was in the in a mall, so you you actually couldn't line up. At a couple, apparently, somebody was talking about doing that, and somebody else told them, oh no, they'll, the security will won't let you line up; they'll kick you out. But uh, yeah, there were you know two stores in Palo Alto. There was the Burlingame store. There was Santana Row down in San Jose. So there's a high, con- a relatively high concentration of Tesla stores uh, around in the Bay Area, com- very much compared to other markets. Because I got word from some of my followers on Twitter. Some of them were in line. There were uh, over 200 people in line in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, I was told on Twitter, and I can't verify it, but uh, somebody said that. Uh, f- there were 500 people in Dallas, which, hey, Dallas, maybe it, clearly your, your people want Tesla in their state. Maybe you should allow direct sales. Maybe that would be something you should do. Anyway, uh, I, heard, I heard that Austin was similar, was, was 500. Tesla put up a little like Twitter movie, like a short video uh, of a sped up. I, and it looked very much like Santana Road to me of just, just huge. It had to be also hundreds of people. So there were big, big lines everywhere. Uh, 
And I gotta say, uh, I <laughs> I uh, was was very impressed by how it went because I, I got to give a lot of credit to the Palo Alto store staff. They the manager not only store manager not only made a coffee run and brought back a big giant thing of coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker, but I uh, appreciate the gesture. But uh, when they when they were ready, when the doors were about to open, they had about six stations set up inside the store. They'd set up these folding tables with computers, iPads to take the uh, to take the orders. And so, even though I was about number fifteen or so in line, they got you know a bunch of people in at a time. I was done at ten o four a.m. So while I wasn't first or second in line. I was in real quick, so I, I'm very happy about that. Uh, I, in in the end, have no regrets about you know leaving a bit early than earlier than I'd originally intended. Because so I figured, you know what, I've been waiting so long for this. What's a couple more hours? And fortunately, I was able to hold my pee. <laughs> I didn't have to go to the bathroom, which uh, which made me. Ha- I I purposely didn't bring any water specifically because of that, but. Um, yeah, so it all it all played out well for me, and in fact, let me hear from Robert in Chicago, who called in with his memorable line experience. Robert, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. Robert from Chicago calling in again, and just wanted to, uh, just finished, uh, putting down my reservation, wanted to share a couple things about the experience I got here. Uh, they opened at 10. I got here about 8.30. I was about 100th in line. And as I left, it looked like there were probably about 200 people still uh, in line behind me. Um, so it was, uh, was kind of rainy and cold. So I was kind of hoping maybe some other people didn't weren't going to make it out. But it seemed like a lot of people uh, were out there. But uh, just it, the experience itself um, was the best waiting in line experience I've ever had, which sounds kind of goofy, I'm sure. But um, just kind of starting with the uh, the employees uh, came out starting around nine, passing out waters and snacks, and they seemed to be just as excited as we were. Um, and not a manufactured kind of like, oh, go out there and act excited. But, uh, you know, they were excited just to see people interested, this interested in their brand and their company. Um, and they were as excited we were there as uh, we were to be there. And, uh, you know, a bunch of them were saying, oh, yep, got our reservations in already. So um, just a really cool experience there. And then the people. Um, normally when I go, you know, I've been to a lot of the midnight releases for a lot of the games that you talk about on Unlocked, Halo 2, 3, Gears of War kind of stuff. And usually after about five minutes of talking to the people around me, I'm putting in my earbuds because... There's just so much misinformation. They've read some rumor about some feature that's going to be on it that's not, you know, clearly not actually true if you read any of the legitimate websites. And um, just kind of, so a lot of misinformation and and just the point is that and then other concerts where it just seems like here it was just so much different. Everybody was, was very knowledgeable and we were able to share excitement about you know, features and the process and our, we all had a lot of the same questions. And so I ended up making friends and swapping emails with a couple of guys and taking our picture together as we were going into the store finally. 
And it was just a really fun experience where I didn't feel like, oh, well, now I just got to try and isolate myself from these people that I'm just stuck with for a couple hours. Um, we really were in it together and can't wait to see hear, see the reveal and hear more about what you think um, coming up uh, later tonight and uh, next time you record the podcast. So thanks again and uh, talk to you soon. Bye. Great story, Robert. I'm really glad it's a, that it's, that's going to be a positive memory for you. Now, as for me, when I walked out at 10.04 a.m., now, don't take this the wrong way, but I was honestly less excited than I thought I might be, but more, I was just relieved. I was completely relieved that it was over, not, not because I just waited 10 hours in line or anything like that, but I was just relieved to finally had, have my reservation because I've been thinking about this for so long of thinking, you know, uh, I've got a, you know, maybe I can get, you know, if I can get into the, the reveal event just as, you know, with, with SNX, that was the place to get in, to get to the top of the list. So I thought that, you know, if it's going to be like that again. And then of course, when they, when it wasn't going to be like that again, I mean, I've just been, I've kind of had anxiety about this for so long because I just so want to get as close to the top of the list as I can. Uh, even though, of course, again, there are other factors. I do have the benefit of living in California, but if I don't get a, perf- I hope to get a performance model, but if I don't, I know I'm going to be waiting. So, but still, I just, I'd been kind of worrying just so much about just getting the reservation and trying to get a, a good, you know, a good uh, place on the list that, it was just relief for me for uh, when I walked out of there. But hilariously, in hindsight, that only lasted a few minutes because the anxiety took over again because I start, uh, I start checking my email and there's no, uh, I'm, uh, there's no reservation. There's no confirmation in my email. So um, I start to go, did something go wrong? Uh, did it not go through? What do I do? Should I go back to the store? Should I go back in there? And so I get, I walk back to my car. I sit in my car and I check, okay, well, let me, let me check. I'm going to log into my banking app. I log into my bank account. The chart, the thousand dollar pending deposit charge is there. So I figure, okay, that's, and for most people, that's it. That the, the, the anxiety ends there. They know they're good. But again, because I'd, I'd invested so much in this emotionally, and at this point physically too, because I was exhausted. Uh, it just like I was just kind of going a little nuts on the for the for a while because on the whole the whole drive home I'm like, should I go back? Should I go back? Maybe I should just stop should stop at the Burlingame store on the way back home. I and so I know I just I went home and I thought, okay, I'm gonna let me get on the TMC forum see if this has happened to anybody else. And that's when it slowly started to feel a little better because a bunch of people that were posting were in the exact same scenario because there was another part, the other part to this was that a lot of people weren't getting an email, but a lot of people had uh, the reservation show up in their My Tesla account. And I had a My Tesla account, even though I don't own a car, I'd made a My Tesla account some while back, so I... So I thought, okay, well, let me go in there, and there's just nothing showing up in there. So I've got no, nothing in my Tesla, nothing in my email, and I'm thinking, 
what if something's gone wrong? Then I'm really screwed because I'm going to be so far down the list if this doesn't, if this somehow got, you know, swallowed into a void. Uh, but, and I figured, but then I'm telling myself, well, if this many people, if there, there are these people posting about it on TMC, that means there are many, many more people that it's happened to because, of course, not everybody posts on the Tesla Motors Club forum. But as the day went on, I felt better and better about it. And then eventually I actually spoke with, uh, at the Model 3 event, they were, you know, they had a row of computers where you could reserve the car. And in fact, a lot of people were doing it at the event. And I spoke to, ah, shoot, let me see if I have his card right here Well, before I derail the show. Good, I do. He gave me his card. Nice guy. The store manager of, co- coincidentally, of all places, Scottsdale, uh, where, of course, I have family in the, in the Phoenix area. Uh, Jason, I spoke to him and I just, I walked up to him because he was near the, the computers where people could walk up and do the reservations at the event. And I said, I said, uh, listen, excuse me, would you, can you, I'm wondering if you could help uh, talk me off a ledge. And he, he, he very much reassured me and he, he handed me his card and said, you know, if anything does go wrong, give me, you know, drop me a line and I'm, ha- and I'm happy to try and help. So he was very, very nice about it. But that kind of, that his talking to him kind of was the last like thing where I finally relaxed about it. But then, of course, I'm still checking email and checking my Tesla up until midnight, which was by the time I got back to my hotel after the event. And I'm like, oh, still nothing there. But at that point, I wasn't really super worried about it. Uh, And then when I woke up the next morning, which is today, as I record, actually, April 1st, there was still nothing in my email. But I checked the My Tesla site. And my reservation number was in there. So I have my reservation number. And I was just... And, uh, and it's just like a weight was lifted off and it feels really good. And there's apparently no way to really decode the reservation numbers. There's a, there's a thread about it. Maybe at some point somebody's going to figure it out. It may just be a random series. Of I know it's not totally random. There are certain things in there. But um, in the My Tesla, it says you will be invited to configure based on your reservation date, your date of reservation. So it doesn't say based on your reservation, <clears throat> pardon me, it doesn't say you'll be invited to configure based on your reservation number. So there is, of course, so that means there's a timestamp on it. Mine is 10.04 a.m. or 10.03 a.m. Uh, in California, in specifically the Bay Area, near home, home base. So hopefully when it comes time for those uh, configuration invitations to go out, I think hopefully at the end of the day, I did okay. Uh, so yes, uh, I I went home after uh, uh, before having to go to LA. I passed out for about an hour and a half because I was just completely exhausted. And then again, got down to LA. And before the event started, I managed. I uh, by the way, on my way in, my Uber driver, they, Tesla had roads closed off. So you couldn't follow the the Google Maps directions. And so he's he ended up like winding me back through these back industrial areas because SpaceX is right there too, along with some other companies. And so I'm I'm trying to walk in like kind of through the back of the event. And this and I'm I had to ask a couple people. One person's pointing me this way, another one's pointing me that way. Finally, a, a, a this giant security guard finds me and he's you know, he was nice. Because uh, I finally found the right spot, and he's like, "Wait, did you cut, just come through there?" Meaning like the back, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah." I mean, I was kind of lost, like I was lost, and I was. And so he actually goes, 
can you show me where your Uber driver dropped you off? And so he, cause he's doing his job. He like, you know, he's supposed to be securing the perimeter so that, you know, no nutcases just like invade the event and, you know, maybe go find the car, take a picture of it, post it on the internet. Who knows, right? I mean, he's doing his job. He was very nice. So I walked, I walked with him cause it was, I was just waiting to get my badge anyway, but, uh, yes, yeah, so I, I retraced my steps with him, told him where my Uber driver dropped me off and, yeah, he was very nice. Uh, so that was another strange little side story on the on my adventure. But uh, once I got in, it was great to meet. You heard we heard from him already, Dave T. I, I got to meet him, talk to him. I met Gene from Teslarati.com. It was great to meet him because he and Teslarati have also been so supportive of this podcast. And I finally got to meet Bonnie Norman face to face after some phone calls and a bunch of. Uh, you know, messages exchanged on Twitter or, or Tesla Motors Club, what have you. So Bonnie is such a great ambassador and enthusiast for Tesla, and it was fantastic to meet her in person. Uh, so just a really good time at the event. And, I, uh, and, and then I got to say, you know, at the end of the event, you saw it. They, Elon announced reserv- the reservations had soared past, I think, I think he's, what did he say, like 115 or something, but then... They kept the counter on the big screen for a while. And in fact, I have a picture of it on my phone. It, at the event, it got to over 133,000 reservations. And as of my recording today on April 1st in the afternoon, Elon had tweeted that it was over 198,000 reservations, which is un. Believable, and he actually said, uh, "May need to rethink production. Uh, may need to rethink the production situation, uh, production planning. Definitely going to need to rethink production planning." He said. So, um, you know, I had gone on record here predicting. I thought, okay, fifty thousand in the first day, and I thought that would be good. And you know, I'm I'm a you know I'm a Tesla super fan. And my expect, and my, even my like, you know, what I don't know if you'd call it generous, but I was trying to be realistic. But even my Tesla super fan prediction was crushed, crushed by about a factor of four, a hundred and ninety-eight thousand. As I say this, uh, the I got a figure at a hundred ninety. Of course, not necessarily every single one of those is gonna is gonna confirm their order, but. You know, if we say, I mean, certainly it's going to be over 200,000 in the near, in the not too distant future. And so you got I mean, 200,000 cars. If they can get fifth, I mean, let's say late seven, 2017, let's say they actually hit that. That's still not going to be very many cars, right? I mean, we all still expect that to be kind of a founder series situation the way it was with the X. Let's say that production starts in earnest. It, in any sort of meaningful way in early 2018, January. So let's just say, great, that gives us the whole calendar. I got to figure, and I think I've talked about this before, you know, what, 50,000 the first year, maybe 100,000 production the second year. So I got to, I mean, the first year absolutely has to be sold out already. The second year probably already also sold out. I mean, if you place a, if you haven't put down a deposit yet and you want the car, Granted, I guess if you're going to get a performance model, you will, that will help your chances. 
But if you want a base $35,000 version of the car, which, you know, again, from the presentation, you're going to get a lot of car for that money. You might be looking at 2019 at this point. And here we are on April 1st, and it's already, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is just, I think it's surpassed. I mean, you know, we know Elon to be a pretty honest guy. Like, he's not a guy that sort of is being, uh, uh, you know, prone to PR speak or, or marketing speak. So when he tweeted, thought it would slow way down today, meaning today, April 1st, the, you know, the, the day after, thought it would slow way down today, but Model 3 order count is now at 198,000. Recommend ordering soon as the wait time is growing rapidly. So it's, I, it sounds like even he is kind of surprised at just how this has gone. Um, now, speaking of Elon Musk tweets, let's parse through a few other things he said on Twitter over the last couple days. He said, quote, uh, this is before the event. Tomorrow is part one of the Model 3 unveil. Part two, which takes things to another level, will be closer to production. Now, that in and of itself is not a surprise. That's what happened with S and with X. They show a prototype. Then when it's ready, however many years later, they have another event to launch the car and show the production version of it and detail its features. But this bit about takes things to another level. This is totally me looking into it. Totally acknowledge that. But me reading into it, I think he means autonomous driving. I think he's going to surprise the world because Tesla and Elon have a chance with the goal of the company being to accelerate the advent of sustainable transportation. It's been said over and over and over. How do you do that? You make a car that's absolutely compelling that you buy it because it's a great car, doesn't matter if it's electric or not. That's what he did with S. That's hopefully what we're going to about to see with X as that starts to roll out in, in great numbers. But what better way to do that than not only to have a car that's high performance, has free supercharging, uh, good room inside, you know, interior volume and cargo space and safety, but what if it's the first... May, you know, really the first major autonomously driving car. That will, the entire world will take notice. They will want it. And uh, that, that could be Elon dropping the hammer. That's like, or dropping the mic. That's like, that could be the just mic drop, boom, mission accomplished. <laughs> this thing drives itself. It's the first car in the world to do that. Of course, again, if that happens, I expect S and X would still get that stuff at the same time. That's not going to be a Model 3 exclusive feature when you've got more upscale versions in your product lineup. But that is my interpretation of it. I could and probably will be very wrong. Who knows? But that's my take. Uh, Now, he also said, uh, it's it's sort of a similar thing. He later tweeted, quote, Thanks for tuning into the Model 3 Unveil Part 1. Part 2 is super next level, but that's for later. So again, that only reinforces my thinking that it's autonomous. Because, yeah, if he... if, if <laughs> That could be a hell of an event if he just shows it driving itself. That, that would be one heck of an event, and the world would absolutely take notice. More tweets. Uh, a couple more, in fact. He said... Th- he tweeted this... 
I, I caught this. I happened to be checking Twitter at one point. This was the morning of March 31st before, you know, right as I guess reservations were starting on the East Coast. We were still waiting on the West Coast. He said, quote, incredibly inspired by the interest in Model 3. You won't be disappointed. Also, small token of appreciation coming for those who lined up. So that one I'm a little less certain of. Like, I, want, I wonder what that's going to be. Uh, my dream, my, my best case scenario for that, which is probably almost certainly not going to happen, would be something I said, I think, a week or two ago, would be how about everybody who, because all we know, all the, all the reservations are time-stamped, that's obvious. How about everyone who reserved on March 31st gets access to Signature Red as a paint option when it's time to configure your car? As that's like your, hey, I'm an early adopter, boom. This is, this is how I can show it with, on my Model 3. That would be awesome. I would love that to death. Uh, by the way, on a side note, the red on that, that rolling mule on stage, uh, the red car, the red Model 3, did that, it was definitely not Tesla red, and it was definitely not signature red. It actually kind of reminded me of the, because it had kind of an orange to it, a little bit of an orange to it. Kind of reminded me of the red that that's on the the road that they offered on the Roadster. Anybody agree with that? Disagree with that? Anyway, so for the small token of appreciation for those who lined up, it's probably like a Tesla pin or something. Which uh, maybe that's just on my mind because all the Tesla employees that were working the event last night were wearing this cool T logo, you know, Tesla logo pin on their on their clothing somewhere, but. Hey, I'm happy. To, I'm. I'll. I would be happy to get any any small token of appreciation that uh, that uh, Elon wants to send out. Finally, there was one other interesting Elon tweet. Is bef- that's uh, at least by the as I go to record here, somebody asked him about a Tesla truck, and Elon responded, "Quote, definitely in the cards for the future." You would assume this, but it's cool to see him publicly acknowledge that. Uh, a truck will happen. I, I suspect, I mean, the truck probably has to wait for some significant gigafactory advancements because, you know, you're going to need, a truck has to have significant hauling capacity and uh, it's probably going to be heavier. So, you know, you need, you need some, some battery firepower to be able to throw at it, which the gigafactory can, can help provide. All right. Let's do, I've got one call, one other call, you know, I thought it made sense to play that other one from Robert in Chicago earlier, uh, unrelated to the event specifically, Vincent from Des Moines called in with a good question that's worth bringing up, so I'll just, I'll just remind you before I play Vincent's call, uh, that if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, please give me a call on the Ride the Lightning hotline, you can call anytime. Toll-free day or night. It's a toll-free call or Skype. Skype's actually better sound quality if you happen to have a Skype account. But uh, call or Skype. The phone number is 1-888-989-8752. I would love to hear your reactions to the Model 3. We could do a whole... uh, We could do a lot more Model 3 reactions next week if you guys want to call in. Uh, So please do. Please drop me a line. Let me know what you thought of the car. And I remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family, telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com 
to learn more. Vincent from Des Moines, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Vincent calling you from Des Moines. I know you're going to be flooded with phone calls right now after last night's awesome Model 3 reveal. Um, I was able to get that down deposit, uh, down payment made, and I was very excited about it. Um, I wanted to ask you, I'm sure there'll be a lot of owners that might be interested in this as well. So I hear you talk about how you want to save enough money or you're hoping to get enough money to get the performance model. My question is, when the car comes out in two years, do you need to have say the full 35000 50000 whatever the price of your car would end up being? Or, I mean, do you still go to a bank and achieve a loan? Does Tesla offer loan financing? How does, how does that work as far as the entirety of the, co- of the car? How do you take ownership? Just was wondering if you had some insight on that, and I hope you had a great time at the, uh, well, first on vacation, and then with the cherry on top with the Model 3 reveal. So enjoy listening to the show, man. Enjoy uh, a podcast on Knock as well, and have a good one, man. Thank you. Bye. Good news, Vincent, and this is a good question, because in the early days with the Model S, you were, you were kind of on your own financially. But uh, yeah, you can set up financing just as you would with any other car. Uh, so, and I'm sure Tesla will probably have something within the Tesla organization to set it up. But right now, they kind of, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Nobody really has complained about it being annoying to buy a Tesla. Uh, obviously, it's in Tesla's best interest to make it as easy for you to give them money as possible. And, I mean, for me, when I say that I hope to afford the performance version, I'd, of course, love to pay for it in cash and not have car payments. But what I really, really, I mean that I just want to put myself in a position to afford it, meaning that if I do take out a loan, and hopefully, fingers crossed, auto loan interest rates will still be nice and low in a couple years, uh, that it'll be for an amount and monthly payments that work for me and my family. So uh, don't stress over it. And thank you very much for the call, Vincent. Quick musical break. Be right back to wrap things up. All right. That wraps it up uh, for this week's show. Well, almost. I'm actually, like I said, I'm going to put in the entire Elon presentation, the audio of it, at the very, very end of the show. So if that's of interest to you, feel free to listen to it. But if not, go ahead and hit stop here momentarily as soon as I stop talking. But um, I remind you that the referral program still going on for Model S. If you're buying a Model S in the next two weeks... You can help me win a Model X, which would be absolutely incredible for me. Uh, because of the generosity of Peter Kjersgaard from Denmark, uh, there, so if you use the referral code here, if you're going to buy a Tesla, a Model S, the S specifically, here's the link that will take you to the design studio and give you $1,200 towards installation of your home charging setup. The URL is ts.la Peter6387, because, yeah, you get a a credit towards setting up your home uh, charging installation, and uh, Peter gets an entry into a raffle for Model X. For everybody that gets referrals, all the owners that get referrals, they go into a raffle, uh, and there'll be a drawing for a Model X, and Peter has kindly offered his to me should he happen to win. So if you want to buy a Tesla, please visit ts.la slash P-E-T-E-R 6387. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm so out of fuel here. 
If uh, you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan or email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. If you're a video game player, you can find me by day at IGN.com covering everything in the world of video games. Please check out my uh, geek and video game inspired t-shirt designs at nerdstyles.com. There's a coffee mug there too you might like. Of course, my friend Dave T., who I was so happy to meet in person and be able to thank for his support. Subscribe to his weekly Tesla newsletter at teslaweekly.com. And of course, Teslarati as well. Gene, great to meet you this week. Teslarati.com, excellent Tesla news site. Uh, They've got some cool blogs and insights over there as well. And a final reminder, you can, of course, if you are a Tesla owner... Uh, which, by the way, I am now like officially, I'm, a, I'm officially a future Tesla owner since I have my deposit down. So that feels good. That's, that's, I'm still the, I'm still the guy, the kid with his, uh, you know, the, I'm like the kid with his face pressed up against the glass looking inside the, the you know, the, the arcade, as it were. But uh, at least, yeah, I've got my deposit down and I got my, I got my foot in the door now. It feels good. But if you already have a Model S or a Model X and you would like to listen to this show in your vehicle, all you've got to do is visit the TuneIn.com website, search Tesla Podcast or Ride the Lightning, you'll find this, you'll find the podcast, follow it there on the website, and then it'll show up in your My Favorites in the car, in your, uh, in TuneIn in the car. So check that out. That wraps it up for me. Uh, what a week. What, a, what fun it was, what, a, what an adventure, what memories, and what a ride. And it's, now the real wait begins. <laughs> the, real, the real wait begins. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've already, I've been energized doing this podcast for the last eight months, but now I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like this is the beginning. It's all going to even get even better now. Uh, I, I can't wait to keep following the world of Tesla with you here on the podcast over the coming years and, and work towards that day where uh, I get to take delivery of my own Tesla finally. And so here it is. I'm going to end the show. As I said, here is Elon's entire Model 3 reveal, the audio of it. It's, uh, if you haven't heard it, you may just want to watch it on the Tesla website, but here it is while you're listening to this podcast already. If you haven't heard it, you want to hear it, here it is. Otherwise, go ahead and press stop now, and I will see you all next week. Well, well, welcome everyone. Welcome everyone to the Model 3 Unveil. Uh, we, we have an amazing product to show you tonight. I think you're going to be blown away. Um, and uh, but I, I want to start talking. Just just preface this by talking about why why are we doing this? Why is Tesla? Uh, why does Tesla exist? Why why are we making electric cars? Uh, why does it matter? Um, it's because it's very important to accelerate the transition to sustainable transport. It really, really, really is. This is, this is really important for the future of the world. Uh, we, we have record high CO2 levels. We, we recently passed over four, 403 parts per million of CO2 in the atmosphere. You can see the chart, and it, it looks like a vertical line. And it's still climbing. And the last time uh, it, it, there, was, there was this level of carbon concentration was 11 million years ago. 
Okay, that was approximately when primates started walking upright. <laughs> the world was very different. We do not want to return to that situation. And, and what that CO2 increase results in is a steadily increasing temperature. So we've already increased by two degrees. In fact, that doesn't tell the whole story because the extremes of temperature increased by as much as 20 degrees. And that line is, is going to keep going for some time into the future. It's really important. It makes a difference if we accelerate the transition to sustainable transport. And beyond, the, beyond global warming, there's just the fact that combustion cars emit toxic gases. And, and according to an MIT study, there, there are 53,000 deaths per year in the US alone from auto emissions. So it, it stands to reason that if if a, if, if a vehicle is spewing toxic gas, that's obviously bad for your health. Um, and so to, to address this, what we came up with the Tesla was what we call the secret master plan. <laughs> so this, this is the, the first blog that I ever wrote for the company. And uh, it was originally uh, a, a three-step uh, it's originally a trilogy, now it's a four-part trilogy. <laughs> um, but it, it needed to, we needed to figure out how could we, as a, as a tiny company with very few resources, uh, actually make a difference. And the, the only way to do this was to start small, to start with a, a low-volume car, which is why we started with the, the Tesla Roadster. So, with any new technology, it takes multiple iterations before, you, and multiple iterations, and it takes economies of scale before you can make it make it great and affordable. So step one was 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 the roadster. The roadster was high price and, and low volume, um, but what where, where it really made a difference was that it showed people that you it showed the world that you could make a compelling electric car. You could make a great electric car. What was what was unique about the Roadster was it was the first really great electric car. Uh, and before the Roadster, people thought an electric car would be, would be slow and ugly and low range and have bad performance. And we had to break that mold. It was incredibly important to, to yep. show that that wasn't true. Um, and so we, we made the Roadster, which is fast, it's beautiful, it's great, great performance. For those of you who, who bought the Roadster, thank you. <laughs> So, um, it was, and, and we only made 500 units a year, because that's all, all we really could make uh, for, for, for the Roadster. But it had a very leveraged effect. Um, in fact, uh, Bob Lutz, the vice, former vice chairman of GM, actually credits the Roadster with uh, the Chevy Bolt program, um, which led, then led to the Nissan Leaf program. And really, even though we were making very few cars, uh, it actually had a, a, quite a huge leveraged effect on the auto industry. But there was still, uh, a, a lot more to do. And people, a lot of people said, well, the Roadster's nice, but it's sort of a toy and it's very expensive, and you couldn't really make a car that people would use every day, uh, or a car that could really compete against the great combustion sedans of the world. <laughs> so we said, okay, we're going to make the Model S. So, <laughs> 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 so, so the Model S, um, 
Any, any of you uh, drive my bus? So, um, but you know, it, it's 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 a great it's a great event. Um, uh, it ha it can seat up to seven people, five adults and two kids. Um, it's uh, tested by Road and Track and, and Motor Trend and others as the uh, the fastest four door car in history ever. Um, and uh, it, it's got great handling. It's got great technology. Um, it's got uh, things like autopilot. And, um, and it, it really, it, it was rated by, um, by almost every group as, as, the, um, as the best car in its year and by Consumer Reports as the best car ever. And again, it was, it was super, it, the reason for that is, is, is not just to, to, to achieve some superlative in cars, but to, to show what an electric car can do. Because nobody believed that an electric car could do this. So what was really important was to, was to, to show, the reason it was, was important was not, not to achieve you know, awards or anything like that, it was to just show the car industry, show the world that an electric car really can be the best car. That, that's what really, really mattered. And now, before, four cars, about half the market wants a sedan, about half the market wants an SUV. So we thought, well, uh, we'll extend the, the Model S platform into the Model X. Both of these are, are, are very important because the revenue from the Model S and the X is what's needed to develop the Model 3. So the Model 3 was very high volume um, and, and all the engineering needed to achieve the, the cost reductions and the capabilities, it cost billions of dollars. So the S and the X are what pay for that Model 3 development. So I just want to say for all of you who bought an, an S or an X, thank you for helping pay for the Model 3. And so we actually have an S and an X uh, on the side there, and uh, has of course the Falcon Wake doors, uh, which uh, did cause us some challenges. So now, then going from the, the, the S and the X, we finally come to we come to, to, to step three, the final step in the in the master plan, which is a mass market oh. affordable car. Um, it was only possible to do that after going through the prior steps. Uh, but, we're, but we're here, and we're here to show that to you tonight. So. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna describe some of the, the aspects of the Model 3. And then, we'll, and, and then, and we'll, yeah, so let's, let's move to describing. <laughs> so let's, let's show the master plan again. Okay, so that's the master plan with, with steps 2 and 2.5. And now going to, to, to Model 3. Uh, first of all, I want to start off by saying the Model 3 is going to be an incredibly safe car. Um, we really believe in Tesla that safety has to come first. We, we care about you, we want you to be safe, we want your friends and family to be safe, this is paramount. The Model 3 will be, not just be 5 star on average, it will be 5 star in every category. Yeah. 
and even the base model of even the base model three will do zero to sixty miles an hour or zero to hundred kilometers an hour in less than six seconds. At Tesla, we don't we don't make slow cars. And of course, there will be versions of the Model Three that go much faster. And in terms of range. The, the range will be at least an EPA rating of 250 miles. I want to emphasize these are minimum numbers. We, we hope to exceed them. It will also, uh, all Model 3s will come standard with autopilot hardware. All the autopilot safety features will be present in, in every car. That you, don't, that you won't need to buy an option. The autopilot safety features will always be there. So. The, the Model 3 also fits five adults comfortably. That, that comfortably is the important part here. Um, the, the challenge, obviously, with building a smaller car is how do you how do you still make it comfortable with a bunch of people inside? So. There, there, there are two important uh, design steps we did with the Model 3 to achieve that. One was to move uh, the instrument panel with the firewall. There really isn't a firewall. We don't have a big combustion engine in front. We, we moved the front seats forward and compressed the instrument panel. When you, when you do your uh, rides tonight, you'll see what I mean. You're sitting a little further forward. It actually feels great um, on the front seats. That's what gives, gives you the leg room uh, to have five adults. So your first and second row have plenty of leg, leg room. Then on, on the, the, the rear uh, roof area is actually one continuous pane of glass. Um, and that, 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 the reason that that's great is because it gives you amazing headroom and a feeling of openness. So it, it, it has, I think by far, it, the best feeling, best uh, roominess of any car in this size. Then, then in addition, it has, just, just like the Model S, it has front and rear trunks. So, uh, you, you can, it, it has more cargo capacity than any uh, gasoline car of the same external dimensions. And, yeah. And, uh, you can actually, uh, somebody asked me this question recently, um, is can you fit a seven foot long surfboard on the inside? The answer is yes. <laughs> then with respect to supercharging, uh, all Model 3s will come with supercharging standard. So the reason supercharging is very important, as, as many of you know, is that it gives you freedom of travel. Okay? It means you can conveniently go where you want, where you want, how you want. Uh, and a lot about having a car is it's about freedom. It's about do, going where you want to go. And and so the, the superchargers are critical yeah. to that. So we, we're now at the point where we've built out over 3,600 superchargers worldwide. Yeah. About the same number, about the same number of destination chargers. That's present day. By the end of next year, we will double the number of superchargers. And quadruple the number of destination charges. So you will be able to go virtually anywhere 
And in fact, because the onboard charging model is, is able to adapt to any country's voltage and amperage, wherever you go in the world, if there's electricity, you can charge. <laughs> so, so then what about buying and servicing? So where we are today with Tesla's, we've got 215 locations um, in Asia, North America, and Europe. And uh, by the end of next year, we expect to more than double that to 441 locations. Wow. So, the, the, the key point being, it, no, almost no matter where you are in North America, uh, Europe, or Asia, you'll, if, if you're in, near any even mid-sized metro area, you'll be able to buy a car and get your car serviced. So. Now, how are we going to make these cars? Okay, good, good question. Quickly. <laughs> um, we need to achieve high volume production. So this is in, this is in two parts. First, there is the vehicle factory. So the, the, our, our Fremont factory uh, in the past has actually made uh, almost 500,000 cars a year. Um, so we're confident that, we can, that Tesla can achieve that number in the future in terms of vehicle production. Uh, so I think, I think that's, that's going to be, um, I wouldn't say straightforward, but uh, very doable. <laughs> Um, and, and then what about, what about batteries? Um, because in order to produce half a million cars a year, um, we would actually need this, the same battery production. We, we basically need to absorb the entire world's lithium-ion production. That, that's why we are building the Gigafactory. This, these are the recent pictures of the, of the, the Gigafactory. Um, this is a vital element. To, to give you a sense of scale, the Gigafactory will actually have the largest footprint of any building of any kind. Okay. Volumetrically, it will only be second to the Boeing factory in Washington. So, th this is really quite an enormous facility. Um, it, 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 in fact, uh, it will produce more lithium-ion batteries than all other factories in the world combined. <laughs> We're talking about 50, 50 gigawatt hours a year of, of, of production. Um, and it, it won't just be at that volume, but also be producing the most advanced cell and battery in the world. So it's the combination of high volume with the most advanced technology is what ena enables us to make the Model 3. And uh, we already, it's, it's already operational today. Yeah. So when, when are deliveries? Well, they're next year. So, so I, I do feel fairly confident sure. it will be next year. And then in terms of price, well, of course, it'll be $35,000. I want to emphasize that the, the, even if you buy no options at all, this will still be an amazing car. You will not be able to buy a better car for $35,000 or even close, even if you, if you get no options. So it's, it's, it's a really good car even with no options. So do, do you want to see the car? Yeah! yeah. Well, well, we, we don't have it for you tonight. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just kidding.
kind of crazy, but I, I just learned, uh, just told that uh, the total number of orders for the Model 3 in the past 24 hours has now passed 115,000. <laughs> 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 that ordered the car. We love you. Uh, for, those that, for those of you that are here, uh, please enjoy your rides tonight in the Model 3. Um, and for those online, you can order at Tesla.com. Thank you.